We're we're live. We're we hot. are. We're well, hot. we're hot again. We're pre-recording, oh, not we're, live. Uh, all right. Well, the the, <laughs> the mics are live. <laughs> <laughs> the mics are hot. Yes. Well, then, in that case, welcome to ninety-one octane. I am John. I'm Randy. And on today's episode, of course, as always, we go under the hood to cover your headlines. We bring back four, six, eight, a game where we challenge each other to guess. Whether uh, the car sound is a four-cylinder, six-cylinder, eight-cylinder, I have uh, go into the treasure trove of stories, and uh, we're going to tell a story of my old E36 318i. Okay. Yep. Uh, finally, we're going to go into the five-year better buy, where we discuss what we think out of a pair of cars, what we think which one is going to be more valuable, more ideal more something something just a five-year better buy yeah which one's a better buy in five years Mm -hmm. but anyway i did want to start with a crazy not really a coincidence i hadn't i had no no real thoughts of this ever happening but today uh right before coming to record the podcast i get a picture of a red rio in my dms oh i thought it was like okay anyways i'm gonna go (laughs) dirty but okay i had nothing and I'm looking at the real, no context, no actual text on the message, no nothing. The background, you can definitely tell it's either Guatemala or the Philippines, if you know what I mean. Oh, like, it's jungly. Yeah. And okay. I'm just like, and you know, it's like the old, like, uh, like the, the markets with the, with the painted advertising on it. You know <laughs> yeah. What I mean? Hand like, painted. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. Well, I was like, why would somebody send me this Rio? So I just reply. I'm like, oh, it looks like my old Rio. And they hadn't really replied, and I'm looking more at the car, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that shitty carbon fiber wrap on the mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't you in Guatemala. No, or no, no. Tropical like, I, jungle. I, I recognize there's the, the the part that sold me was that the the rally style mud flaps that uh, I had on it yes. were still on it. And the uh, I have a I had a pure track sticker that you used to register for your autocross days. Okay, and that was still on the car as well. Oh, so I'm like, wait, this is my Rio, and uh-huh. the guy replies in Spanish. He's uh, in Spanish. He says, "No parece ese Rio," which means it doesn't look like the Rio. It is your Rio. What the heck? And I'm like, what? <laughs> it lives, and it's got new wheels. Like it, it's it's not the same wheels and and so I'm like, hey, so are you the new owner? And he's like, no, he's like, I'm not the new owner. It's uh, one of my friends. She owns the car now, and trust me, it's in good hands. She runs that car probably harder than you do than you did. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, what? Like, so where, so where, where, where are you? Like, you yeah. know, like it's like a long lost girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, like where, where you're from? Where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from in El Salvador. So the Rio is now in Central America. Oh wow! Running once again. I still, I, I still have to finish the conversation with him because that Rio has still has the tune on it. Oh well, assuming they brought the ECU over, right? Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, why wouldn't? Yeah, you, why right? wouldn't they? Re- all that. I mean, I'm sure the fix was relatively minor, and that's why they sold it instead of junking it. Yes. Um. So I mean, she has, you know, an increased red line. She has uh, what, a launch control. She had. There's a few things in that car that they're not aware of. Like there's a subwoofer. <laughs> they probably removed it. There's a subwoofer below the seat. That's not plugged in. 
All you need is to plug it in. All the cables are in there. OEM or not? No, it's not OEM. It's aftermarket. Oh, I would have taken that off your hands. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> I anyways. just didn't want to deal with taking it out. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like there's there's little quirks and there's things. Treasures. In there. yeah, treasures. Yeah, hidden in treasures. There that, that I'm like excited to tell them about. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the Rio lives on. Ha. And it, it's almost com- like they took the splitter off. Okay. Um, which makes sense because it was a plywood splitter. Yeah. But the uh, the rear spoiler is there. The gurney flap is still there. The mud flaps are still there. Um, the uh, for for some reason the the vinyl stickers are still on it, and that's how they found us because of the ninety one octane dot com decals. <laughs> Are you so serious? now we have a car in El Salvador oh my repping gosh. 91 octane. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Oh, I don't know where geographically El Salvador is. It's right next to Guatemala. Oh, so just south of it. Yeah, then. just it's the south, one right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, huh? Like, I was like, what the hell? How did this car? I guess that's what these businesses do, the junk businesses. Yeah, they that take makes them sense. And then they export them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a great car. So they're, they're having fun with it. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that it's still around. So they well, not ju- around, but still alive. And they just DM'd you right when you got here. Like literally, I mean, I was heading out the door uh-huh. when I got the DM and I, I told you that there was traffic, but really I was chatting with the guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't want right. to say that. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, I, I thought it was, it was cool. So I'll post a picture of it so you can see that it's conditioned now. Okay. Uh, but I mean that we were talking about this before the episode started, like w- technology, right? And and what it can do and the yes. power and yes. like there's a person in El Salvador now. Uh huh. No idea who I am, right? Yeah. No idea where this car came from or whatever. But because I left a sticker on the car, he's able to find me through yes. social media. And you're so happy right now, uh, it's dude. Like, it's so a long lost child. Oh, you hell found, yeah, right? dude. Because yeah. like, I assumed, right, it's completely, it was torn down. It's stripped. junked, right, stripped, yeah. taken for yeah. parts. But it, it, it lives on. And I get to tell some the new owner the stories of it, right? Or right. Like, you know, kind of the like, this, like you said, the treasures and whatnot. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty exciting. I thought that was fun. And if they can understand our podcast, they could listen from episode one all the <laughs> way through <laughs> about the life of that car. Yeah, right? I don't know. I mean, he understood my, my initial English comments, but uh-huh. he replied in Spanish. So well, I, we could translate it all. Yeah. Right? We, <laughs> <laughs> translate episodes one through yeah. <laughs> all yes. the Rio episodes. Yes, exactly. That's but awesome, it, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I mean, it's uh, I'll, I'll keep that conversation going and maybe we'll get some more stories because the person that I'm talking to isn't the owner. Right. It's so I am curious to talk to the owner, but okay. you know, we'll see if, if that happens or not. Okay. Anyway, let's go under the hood and cover some headlines. Randy. Uh, so today Suzuki announced a mo- new motorcycle came back. I know this is not a motorcycle podcast, it's a, but it's a gearhead motor- adjacent. Motorsport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about motorcycles and the fastest production motorcycle ever? No. So Suzuki was the brand that carried that that um, moniker with the Suzuki Hayabusa. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. So they just re-announced the release of it today so that because the older version, 
um, didn't meet European emission standards. Okay. Wow. The European emission yes. standards. So, you know, they're dead in the water if they can't sell it to half the world. Yeah. Or a quarter of the world. So they uh, announced the new one today. It's 188 horsepower. Damn. 1.3 liter um, motorcycle. My motorcycle has more horsepower than your Civic. Like, yes. you can say that if you yeah. want that. That's crazy, Isn't that dude. scary? Hell yeah. <laughs> dude, you see, like, you've ridden motorcycles mm-hmm. a lot more than I have. You're, you're licensed. Yeah, but it. I've only done it twice. Oh, okay. I thought you had ridden more than <laughs> no, that. No, t- two or three times. Okay. So I guess maybe we're at equal planes okay. in terms of motorcycles. I'm mostly just like dirt bikes in, okay. in Guatemala or uh-huh. whatever. But um, it's scary just in like a 250. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. Totally. <laughs> totally. You know, totally, to, totally. To have totally. 188 horsepower at yeah. your disposal. Yes. And you can just buy it off the shelf? You can buy it off the shelf. It's like 18.5 um, MSRP. $18,000? Yeah, that's... Uh, motorcycles go... They get expensive, dude. That's not expensive. You don't I mean, think... it's expensive for a motorcycle? Right. But like, right, right, right. Okay, I mean, my, yes. my initial... What I wanted when I was 16 uh-huh. was a motorcycle yes. before I wanted a car. Oh, yeah. Most young people want a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I had... Like, let's say I'm 18... I'm going to purchase my first vehicle, whatever it is. Yep. And I have the choice between a Rio at twenty thousand and a motorcycle at eighteen. I might buy a motorcycle, right? I'm that motorcycle, well, dude. I mean, yeah. If you want to kill yourself, yes. But but at that age, you don't know better. That's true. Very true. Oh my god, dude, that's crazy. Every young person has a stint where the motorcycle sex, the sexiness of motorcycles, yeah, gets kind of like to them. tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. So oh, damn, that's some speed, right? That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. I, I can't imagine going 50, let alone, yeah, almost. Yeah, like, yeah. I think you can get up to 200 miles an hour on this thing. Mm, man, that is your, oh, my God. That's a, some balls, right? Hell, yeah, dude. A, what do they call it? A crayon? When you turn into a crayon and, uh, and, is that and what you fall off the bike? Oh, I, I don't know all the terms. Uh, I know yeah, squid I is one of them. Oh, yeah. oh. I don't know all the terms, dude, man. That's, that's scary. I mean, respect to, to people who ride motorcycles. Dude, that's just not me. Absolutely. That, I mean, this one has traction control, so I don't know if that. And it's got like it launch, has to. And it's got well, the old ones didn't, right? Oh, they, oh, I I can't imagine that the early gens did, right? This is a had, '90s bike. They had to. This is a late late 1990. I I don't know enough about my own brands, earlier generations. Yeah, but, I yeah. mean launch control early, like in the '90s, launch control all all it was was shutting off your throttle. Right. Right, which is probably what it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little more advanced now. Yeah. But at those power levels, you have to have traction control. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Ride Damn. by wire. Yeah. Or drive by wire. Yeah, ride by, by wire. Um, yes. Uh, insane power levels. I'm happy for the brand because they haven't had a new bike in a while. Right. Um, so it's pretty cool, I think. But as, as a gearhead, let alone working for the company. But it's been top secret i mean we only officially found out um y- yesterday really. oh okay yeah so what, you so you found out with the public basically. i found out with the public completely yeah even with the rumor mill at the early part of this week yeah it was all through the public we have no visibility to what japan sends out oh man yeah damn yep. mm-hmm. pretty That's cr- i would never pretty cool stuff though right would you 
Not a Hayabusa. No, I dude. I mean, I work there, so I can technically get a discount on this thing. Yeah. And I can't say what the discount is, but it's damn good. Okay. No. I used to walk by the models because they they park them all around the office. The the motorcycle models. The motorcycles. Okay. Yes, not the no no women models. <laughs> but those do happen at the at the um, bike shows. And I'm sure you walk by those. <laughs> well, we have to. They they work our booth. Okay. But um yeah, they're it's I tell people um it's hard I, I tell people it's like working. Imagine it's like, I can imagine it's like working at a strip club. You can okay. see you can't touch. You don't get on the thing because you don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's my analogy. Yeah, for it. dude, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah. That's... We have all the awesome bikes around us. It's it's cool. Posters everywhere and all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Seems irresponsible. It's yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I it, really it, it all, imagine. it's also crazy to me that, you know, U-Haul will rent you a giant truck or even the the car hauler that I rented. No questions asked. No training. No, no training. Yeah. No yeah. nothing, dude. Yeah. Like dr- go dry as no Vaseline. Just <laughs> completely. Balls deep, no yeah, Vaseline. dude. Like just, just here you go. Have fun. They didn't explain to me how to take it off, how to put it on. I mean, nothing, bro. They just nothing. handed you the paper and walked you out the door. No, they they put it on your truck for you. Oh, they do. Yeah, oh, they, they help you hitch your, it on. Yeah, they help you hitch. Well, they do it for you. Okay, okay. Um, and then you they check your brakes and make sure the lights turn on, and that's it. Oh, as far as right? driving is but, what you mean. But yeah. if I'm not paying actively paying attention to what the guy is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to learn how to take it right. off, put it on, right? All that stuff. Okay. So I'm just like, man, like it's great. And you can get, you know, massive trucks yes. and even car haulers on those trucks. Yes. And it's like you, it, you could, all you need to be is 18 and have a license. So, so, and they didn't show you like talk about loading a vehicle nope. on. No, nope. that's the more dangerous part. Yeah, right? That's yeah. one of the more dangerous. They didn't even parts. tell me how to get the ramps down. Nothing. Are you serious? Yeah, nothing, dude. So you just guessed or like figured it out along the way. Yeah. You just pull and bang on things until, until wow. it works. But that... yeah, it's a, kind of the same thing. It's like, uh, it's like we have carb here in California, which yeah. is annoying. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't have a lot of what the other states have in that they actually inspect for airbags. They inspect for your seat belts. They inspect uh, other areas of the car. Like, you know, in California, we can gut a car completely. Mm-hmm. And as long as it passes smog, we're good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you that's know? all they give a shit you about. You could be caged. You could yeah, be, that's it, true. You know, and, and there are states, I think in like New York, where you couldn't do that. In the East Coast somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... It's 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 wild on some of these rules that you know obviously I would prefer there not to be rules at all especially yeah. with our cars but yeah. eh, I get how it is so but it is wild to me that you can just hand the keys to someone to like a ten foot truck you know with which is pretty much a giant like a Conoline Ford van <laughs> right you know right. and you're like here you go you know go drive a bus yes good luck yeah good luck yeah you know and did you have difficulties driving the um towed vehicle not at all the only issue i had was when i was leaving my house in the morning i kind of cut it a little too close going into a, a a gas station so i came in with like probably within like half an inch of the pole that protects the the pumps oh okay you wow know? 
that was the only I didn't hit anything, but yeah. that was like the closest call. Beyond mm. that, n- it wasn't a problem. Okay, was, there good. wasn't a problem loading or unloading or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty easy, all okay. in all. Uh, okay. So I guess maybe that's why they don't explain it. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. yes. But anyway, into our next headline: uh, boxer engines. Randy, how many cylinders is too many cylinders? Uh, probably four. <laughs> oh no, yeah that's right you are uh you, you got a, bit by subaru uh, yeah but the, the the i heard that the porsche's being a six is better balanced yeah so why is there a new so one so there this is more of a history lesson headline so okay. did you know that subaru at one point built a flat 12 no that's crazy a flat 12 and it was designed for f1 racing right? okay in the 80s japan went through their boom yeah right there yeah. was a lot of money so mm-hmm. naturally, when there's tons of money, what do you do? You go racing. <laughs> <laughs> Good on them. Yeah, yeah. Them. So they decided to partner with somebody that was kind of sort of chaperoned them through F1, and they built the Subaru One Two Three Five, which is a flat twelve boxer engine, and they marketed it as you know low center of gravity balanced engine. But it was a huge flop. And yeah. this is in the early 90s. It didn't work out. So the reason why it didn't work out, it was 250 pounds heavy, heavier than its rivals in Formula One with the V8. That's already, yeah. Already you, bad. You lost there. already. Yeah. Yes. Uh, down 100 horsepower on average wow. on the other engines. Um, it was extremely bulky. So the dimensions of the engine actually... Uh, disrupted the aerodynamics of the car. That makes sense. Right? So then the the whole car was unbalanced, and they tried to use it. Uh, uh, the They did eight races, and they failed to pre, pre-qualify uh, completely. So after eight races, they gave it up. Damn. Yeah, they gave it up. And this was Subaru pre-rally. Okay. You know, so okay. you're, you know, Subaru hasn't really made a big name yet, right? It's kind of coming through. Sure. F1 is a great place to make a name, you yes. know, like Honda. I mean, yes. come on. Yeah. So you, you would have expected them to make some noise, but the flat 12 just did not make sense. I mean, even, even hearing it, it's just kind of like, really? Yeah. Uh, it seems like an odd idea. Um, but that wasn't the ultimate death. Of the flat 12. Okay. So Koenigsegg uh-huh. got interested in the flat 12 engine after it failed the whole F1 thing. It kind of, they, they did away with the technology a little bit, started floating around. Koenigsegg ended up talking to one of the partners that worked with Subaru on that engine. Okay. And got excited about it and decided he was going to replace the Audi V8 that was in his prototype with the flat 12 in an exotic car it might make a little more sense sure you know so they took the engine they bored it out from 3.5 liters per cylinder to 3.8 to up the power um and then attempted to use it during this experimentation the partner that he was working with that had worked with subaru died nice so, nice nice timing <laughs> yeah yeah so what koenigsegg ended up doing is that he ended up buying the subaru 1235 at auction meaning all the technology all the stuff to work on the engine everything so he was like okay i'm, I'm gonna use this engine and ultimately in his r&d to use the engine found it was way too complicated to produce it just ended up being a, a big mess and he decided to go back 
to the V8, which is literally the the like mirrored what happened in F1 because in F1 they used right. it for a little while, yeah, and then gave the, up. yeah they gave up and went back to the V8. Okay, but uh, this was Subaru's failure immediately preceding their rally success. Hmm. So from here they went back to what they know, obviously the the Ford cylinder boxer, mm-hmm. and uh, went into rally and went on to have extreme success through the rest of the nineties. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, but that's that's Subaru. Wow, that's that's amazing. They're struggling now in Europe, apparently though, or oh, at really? least in Britain, I should say. Okay, they're just because um, I don't think W the WRX sells that well in britain anymore okay because they're not really in rally anymore and yeah that's one of the higher um, that's a more of a european racing that or i shouldn't say that there's a bigger fan base for rally in europe than there is here that's why most of yeah the, yeah the runs are done out there than yeah the yeah, yeah well it started out there also yeah yeah but yeah so I, I don't know where subaru is headed as far as maybe their growth is just in the u.s and it's kind yeah, of it. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're just a crossover company now. Yeah. They're not really in that mm-hmm. game. I mean, yeah. if something like Group B came back, maybe. I, w- like, I don't wish the cowboy style of Group B to come back because I don't think that you should be able to stand on the track. And lose a finger. Yeah, and lose a finger, <laughs> right? Yes. But I am. I do wish that there was a a group B or some sort of sanctioned racing that gave engineers free reign. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be nice to see what these companies come up with, what there is no limits, like just safety requirements and then no limits. Otherwise that would be interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That, and that's what make group people group B popular. Right. You know, that's, that's what, that's why it was, it was, that's why it went nuts actually. But yeah. And I mean, to your point, if I don't, I don't know if you remember at the arcades, like Sega rally was a popular game. I don't know if you ever, did I you never ever played, played Sega rally. You never played any of the, did you remember ever, ever playing any rally games at the arcades? No. Uh, I did, but I don't remember what they were called. Well, the, the odd thing to me at the, at that young age where I didn't know the titles either was, yeah. why are these people jumping in front of the car as I'm driving by them. You're right. right? You're right? right. Yeah, you're like, dude, because, again, we didn't see Rally, so we didn't yeah. get this concept of jump on the track and, like, wave your arm like a Street Fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, why are these people jumping in, you know, with a shitty 16-bit graphics or whatever? Right, right. Yeah, so it was always interesting to me. You're but right. I never, I never questioned it, mm-hmm. but now that you mention it, you're right. I mean, there, there. That was animated into the game. Yeah, even in passing, you'd notice it. Yeah. Like, why the hell? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Group B was popular here too. Yes, back in the day, maybe right. not as much as Europe, but mm-hmm. it was popular here mm-hmm. too. Anytime you do anything where a limit, there's a limited set of rules, mm-hmm. people are gonna watch. Absolutely. You know, maybe Absolutely. not like the XFL, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like big machines everyone's gonna love that for sure didn't they have a women's uh football league too? i think there is still a lingerie league there, there you go that's what it's called yeah, yeah it's a lingerie football league right yeah and i think that is still i don't know I, I, last i heard a few years ago it was still going yeah i and mean they hit those girls hit they don't hold oh, back. really i've never oh, seen yeah. it oh uh, yeah uh, don't ask me how i know <laughs> Next, next headline. <laughs> next headline. Uh, so, do you know? Both of my headlines are questions to you, Randy. Do you know what planned obsolescence is? 
I thought you were gonna say um, Planned Parenthood. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> For okay. both. So, pla- <laughs> I believe you on one. Yes. Uh, so, planned obsolescence is the concept that companies manufacture items with an expiration date. So, oh, okay, yeah. This like right. washing machine, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we're gonna make it good enough to last eight years, and from there on, they're just gonna have to replace their shit. Yes. Um, I. F- feel i'm i'm coming off the ev wagon because of the direction that i'm seeing this stuff going and this is mostly due to tesla okay so in this the the this week's tesla headline because we have a lot of them was the recall the recall and Mm -hmm. specifically that tesla stated that their screens were meant to only last from five to six years hmm wow and the you know, the, the details of the, the, the recall, you know, find the NHTSA mm-hmm. uh, forced them to recall 134,000 cars, Model S's and Model X's. And this was specifically because the, the tablets or touchscreens that they have in, uh, in the cars control your defroster, your turn signal chimes, autopilot, right? There's safety features attached to it, right? Right. And, and that is for information for you to have. But this is not what interested me the most because this was what got me thinking, you know, like one. So now we're turning these EVs into the appliances we've always called them. Right. Yes. You know, so now they're treating them like a toaster, treating them like a washing machine and designing, uh, you know, the planned obsolescence into the product. Mm-hmm. Right. So now they're expecting this to. Uh, these laptop or these touchscreens to die within five to six years. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Things in cars break. Yes. But now, uh, usually it's like, let's say an older car, uh, let's say an older Honda, AC brakes, uh, thermostat, whatever, right? You're going to go find that part at the junkyard. What does a thermostat cost? Yeah, nothing. Nothing, right? Next and you nothing. can replace it yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, in this EV world... If you have a car designed with a, a giant touchscreen yes. that is planned to die within five to six years, which is well below the average of a normal car, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to replace that yourself. These are This is computer tech. And that touchscreen is going to cost a thousand bucks. Assuming there's no aftermarket for it. Assuming there's no aftermarket, but but we've noticed what most of these companies, especially like Apple, do, right? Well, they are suing people who are fighting for their right to repair. Right. That's right. And the more the... uh, Well, this is all speculation on my side, so don't... You know, this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. But the more I see cars crossing over from internal combustion and the traditional cars to EV appliances, the more I see... Uh, the practices from you know technology products. like phones, products, software, mm-hmm. kind of influencing the car community, right? The Ooh, car manufacturing yes. and yeah. car and car follow up. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, man, I don't know that EVs are really that great for the environment now. You know, because you're gonna have to just buy and swap yeah, them buy out. Buy and swap. It's gonna. It, I mean, if these trade things, in like if a these things iPhone, need, yeah, it needs to be replaced twice a decade. Yeah, you know, it seems like a long time, but that's not that long. You know, most of our cars are really old. Well, yeah, all of my cars. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in the in the in the E36, I would have had to replace that the touchscreen five, five. times already. <laughs> you know, like yes, 
And I, I don't want to deal with that. And if it was something easy, it's still BS. But if it was something easy, fine. But we're talking about things that need to involve people who know Tesla technology. Right. People that can program. Right. In our internal combustion cars, the only time we need to uh, engage someone who knows how to you know, manage programs is when we do ECU work mm-hmm. or tune. Mm-hmm. Everything else can be done at home. With the Tesla, now you're taking more out of the hands of the consumer. You are you are baking in the planned obsolescence that I talked about. Mm-hmm. So you're designing the whole system is designed for you to have to go back to the manufacturer. Yes. And mm-hmm. and that part of that, I know it's like my own like paranoia future brain, mm-hmm. but that part of that really bothers me. Because you need basically a computer nerd to help you repair your, your car now. Exactly. Instead of uh, someone who might not be like a blue collar mechanic type. Role. Exactly. And it's it's not even so much like we know computers, right? Yes. We, we, we can get around certain things. But they are putting in obstacles so you can't, uh, you know, fix this certain thing. Just like Apple does, right? You can't, right. you can't break into the laptop. You can't, you can't even find certain parts on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone who designs this stuff aftermarket gets sued. Right. Um, that's right. the Apple model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, that, and I, I see that coming into the market, especially with Apple now also coming into the market. Oh, with, with the car. car with yeah, the car, with the car. With Hyundai. Yeah. Which is what we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, I think it w- the, the market will find a way. And th- here's why I say that. Because even with our phones, you can find the I fix your screen, like st- stand at the mall. Right. But that's all they can fix. Well, no, they, they can fix the all the guts for the most part, I would say. They On can't, the iPhones? They can't do software. Yeah. They can fix... Like the the antennas and the speakers and the headphone jacks and the lightning cable jacks, they can oh, they okay. can they can take those com- components out and, and repair them. So okay. I think it'll be more expensive. Yeah, I don't think you can just jump on Rock Auto. It'll take a while for like a RockAuto.com site. Yeah, to have all the parts you need in one place. Hell, I don't even know. If I, need, I, need to, I need to go take down the tech auto domain. Techauto.com. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nobody take that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. We need to buy some domains. <laughs> yeah. And squat on them. Uh, Tesla repair.com. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it will be challenging to your point. But we're already at that point, I think, because like my minivan has an integrated um, entertainment unit right for the radio ac it's not the critical components right like the turn signals but it's the ac the, all the backup camera and a non but if that goes out the car is still driving that's right and that's yeah, what i meant by yeah. at least those aren't the critical components whereas yeah, yeah. this is a higher risk if it is such an issue yeah so did the recall happen because um they didn't want to recall the nhtsa demanded pretty much or suggested they say right that Tesla recall because of the lack of a, a short lifespan on these uh, because they were going out yeah I mean oh, essentially because okay. of short because they go out and they they're attached to so many safety features wow five yeah. years is short yeah dude that's really the short. cars ba- to me the cars basically still brand new <laughs> yeah to us you know to <laughs> yeah, us to like, gearheads yeah. that's for sure yeah the five years on a car that's nothing but for the phone world it's that's old oh as yeah shit. for the phone well I mean I kind of I'm kind of not on that plane either anymore. 
not I yeah. get the older models on the phones now because too. we've plateaued as far as phone technology. I think, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just better phone, more RAM. Yeah, anything better battery. Yeah, yeah. It's like who cares? Yeah, who cares at this point? Yeah, and the prices the prices have gotten so outrageous that it's just no point. That too, but like you know, five years ago. We were changing phones almost every year, if not every other, right? I would, I would definitely change. Like, uh, I was definitely going like, I think like Note, like two, three, four, and five. I got all on release dates. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And but then beyond that, you, then it was like skipping two models. Then it's five. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, before yeah. you would pay a, a top of the line was like six hundred bucks. Yes. You know, yeah. which is yep. a lot, but it, it was like it was like okay. Now. I wasn't. I wasn't. That was my car enthusiasm break too. Like, <laughs> oh you yeah. Know? Like I, I didn't have a car that I was spending money. So on. money was flowing. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Like oh like like every sea in the world. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh. But yeah. Once the once. Prices started going like eight hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars. Now they're two. Oh, oh, hell no, man. The fold, the Galaxy Fold. Have no. you seen that? It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool, but no, that's, I don't there, need that. There's shit. a permanent middle finger just dedicated to Samsung <laughs> for for doing that. Uh-huh, I mean, that, uh-huh. I mean, Samsung and Apple are are at fault, right? Yeah. It's sort of a, I mean. Well, the consumer's at fault because we're suckered and we we're suckers for buying. Yeah, into you're it right. Too, you're right? right. It's a consumer. Yeah, yeah it's a it consumer's really fault for setting the price. I mean, the, if the demand is there, yeah, build it, and, then they're yeah. gonna provide the supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They have they work in uh, in conjunction. But anyway, moving on to the my next headline: mm-hmm. Hyundai's sister stole man, Randy. Are you talking about Kia? I'm talking about Kia, bro. <laughs> so Apple decided to jump ship. Uh-huh. Literally, like he got they got Apple got up on the same bed and just leaned over to the other side and say, Hey, what's up, Kia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and gave them three point six billion dollars to partner and make their uh their car. Wow. And Hyundai was actually having cold feet. Yes. The whole situation because yes. they, for some reason, they thought that the it would hurt them or it they would want to be their reputation to build the Apple cars. They didn't want to be the Foxconn of Apple of cars, right? I think they were afraid of what would happen if they built, you know, inferior cars, um, with Apple, like what Apple would do to them because Apple has a lot of power to swing. Yeah, hell yeah, they do. So if, like, let's say they have the manufacturing woes or the five year woes that Tesla's having, right? Apple's going to blame Hyundai. Uh huh. Oh, Kia, that's true. You know, that's Kia true. is more willing to take the risk. I yeah. guess. Yeah. I think they've got less going on. Kia. Kia. Hyundai has like motorsport stuff, the end line. They're they're doing a lot of things a lot of other places, whereas Kia is not doing any of that. You're right. So I think Kia might be making like a mobility push with uh with Apple. Interesting point. Cause to your point, the the stinger it came and went. Really, right? It, it didn't even come. <laughs> yeah. It edged, bro. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> it yes. like uh it got, yeah. kinda got there and then just gave up. Yes. And yeah. uh yeah, I mean the that uh it really it was really, really, really short lived for the stinger. Um there wasn't like I said a big motorsport presence. So I, I don't think they have a lot of distractions. Therefore, 
they can focus on like EV manufacturing. So is that officially announced? It's officially announced. Uh, Kia stock went up fourteen and a half percent due to the announcement. Um, the the claims are that the cars are going to be built in Georgia in the plant in Georgia. Oh, okay, American, uh, American, American Apple cars. Uh, the deal is set to be signed on the seventeenth of this month. So that's when we know when it's an official official. Mm. Um, so I think things could still change from here until then. Uh, the goal is to uh, start shipping out cars in 2024. Wow. And they're going to manufacture 100,000 cars a year. Okay. And you know they're going to buy. People are going to buy them, damn consumers. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to buy and them. And we're man. just, all the car guys are just going to shake their uh, head. Hell yeah. Fucking, in unison, just yeah. SMH, man. Just buy a fucking Tesla, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all going to say. Well, I mean, there's so much bad PR for Tesla right now. Even Elon Musk yeah. went on a on a yeah. podcast or whatever. Monroe Associates. Yeah, ex- yes, and, ex- yeah. And he's like, yeah, we have shitty manufacturing and yeah. it just it just happens because he wanted he owns the top to bottom he owns the whole the whole gig for it, tesla does oh yeah yeah manufacturing and even menu um parts and stuff so for the most part not everything but yeah it was he called mass production hell yes yeah i can't uh, imagine and i mean i'm sure it is yeah i'm sure i mean that's not what he does you know? So for Tesla, so for apple to outsource this it makes sense to kia how is that car going to be? Can you how do you envision that car? What do you envision of that car? Apple branded or they maybe they'll come up with a name, right? I mean, I'm still I don't know. You know what? 2024, we're at 2021. Designs are done. Yes. At this point. Yes. That's Designs right. are done. Cuz it's a 5 to 7 year development cycle. So I'm thinking that at this point all Apple is looking for is the factory assembly. line right yeah. assembly line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so they'll they're gonna source the parts they have the design yes. all that stuff they'll probably collaborate on sourcing uh but it's about using the kia infrastructure in terms of assembling the car yep so i'm still thinking it's gonna look apple-esque whatever that is yeah you know look like an iphone I don't know. Man, you hit the nail right on the head. All they really needed was... I I didn't even think about the development cycle. You're right. Yeah. um, Leading up to that 2024 mark, you just need to bid out your outsourcing. Yeah. For all your little motors, for your seat motors, window wipers. And people are going to be like jumping, chomping at the bit to get get into their pockets. Oh, for sure. Right? Dude, 100%. Because they know it's cash. Yeah. Hell yeah. The three and a half billion was out of their pocket. Oh, yeah. Cash. There wasn't, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that was easy. Yeah, that that was totally easy. That was, that's still like iPhone 3 money. You know what I mean? So That's yeah, crazy. so that it makes sense. The timing of it, it makes sense that this is where they're at in that in that cycle. So so then, who do you think Sony lands with with the Sony electric car? Ooh. Who do they get married to? Who's, I don't know. Sony's not as smart, man. I think they might try to do it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it really? Is, I don't know, man. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Would you buy it if it was a line of like a line of vehicles for an from a major manufacturer like a Toyota Toyota trim? Oh, yeah. One or it's Toyota's EV line, the Sony vehicle. I would buy a Sony car. Let me tell you right now. I'd buy a Sony car before a Tesla and an Apple car. Why? 
Because you're a PlayStation I hate, fanboy. Because I, I hate Apple. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not an okay. a, I'm an Apple Hater. boycottist. Okay. Okay. You know? Sure. So, um, but also the Tesla issues are okay. what's driving me away from that car. Right. Um, and then obviously the built-in PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Or even better, built-in Gran Turismo. Oh, built-in Gran Turismo, <laughs> right? dude! Driving while I'm driving, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yeah, dude. And and I, but I think, uh, yeah, like if it was built by Toyota, if it was built like somebody reputable like that, uh, at that oh, top end of the spectrum, there's no doubt. Now you've mm. got you know your reputation behind it. Yeah, and I think um, you know, say what you want about Kia, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm a little biased. But, you know, what they've been able to accomplish now, it, it they do have a reputation to sell. Yes. So I think this does help Apple in uh, in outsourcing their manufacturing that way. They're going to they're going to avoid a lot of the problems that Tesla has. And, you know, Tesla, I think, um, kind of kind of missed an opportunity in learning maybe from these manufacturers. I don't know what it is that's mm. created these woes for them. Uh, for it's, Tesla, it's being a noob. It be, well, being a noob, right? But yeah. they've been in the industry for a while now. Yeah. So you, I would have expected them to be to operate even as consultants for a lot of these companies that are now coming up in the EV game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think a lot of a lot of these companies don't like Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'm just kind of assuming. Um, but I would I would have expected a lot more collaboration. I know their competition, right? Yep. But maybe even another company owned by Elon that helps a lot of these companies produce their cars. Sure. But Tesla still hasn't figured it out completely. Yeah. I mean, it's clear from that that uh, YouTube episode oh, where yeah. he got grilled by the, the evaluator of cars. Oh, really? I didn't see that. No, that that's what you're talking about, that podcast, right? Um, is that what you're... Oh no no I I didn't I didn't see that podcast. It might be the same thing but I, I just took like interview snippets. Okay, so in the in Detroit there's a company that tears a car apart okay. and evaluates how a car is made. Okay. So then uh you they sell the data of what they've found to other car companies so they can study and try to emulate the process essentially okay. and try okay. to they do educated guesses on how the manufacturing process happened. Right. Thus as a other as a uh, competitor you can buy that data and like improve your own processes yeah. based on that. And that's really overall, that's how the com- industry has improved. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, one of the main evaluators for these cars grilled the model three and he, um, he gave crap to the, the panel gaps is, is one of the big ones. Right. There's a lot of inconsistencies there. Yeah. And so, th- um, that happened a month or two ago or maybe last year. This past week or so, um, that same person sat right in front of Elon, and that's where you got your snippets from. Oh. They had a one-on-one nerd engineer conversation about the challenges of manufacturing and why does your product suck in all these different areas. Gotcha. Yes, that's okay. exactly what happened. Yeah, see, I just read an article that, that took some of those snippets. I'm going right. to watch that for sure. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I know of the company because they're near my mom's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's it's, interesting. It's, it is interesting. and But good on Elon, I would say, for being for having a, the balls. Yeah, to, so I mean, he knows, the guy. dude. Yes. He knows. And he I knows think, his shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. He knows his shit. Like, he doesn't – I guess the execution is off – 
but yes. the knowledge is there. Right. He knows where yeah. his gaps are, and yeah. he was speaking to it intelligently from what I had read from the from the transcription. Yeah. So more, I can't say that other CEOs could speak to the same level as Elon did in of that his, interview. Yeah, he's very involved in his shit. Yes. Yeah. They, they would need their VP of manufacturing to do that talk. Yeah. For all the oh, other, you, you, you know what I mean? You're very familiar with that, like, in, in our jobs. Yes, like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ask a C-level for a meeting, and they're like, oh, well, I need to bring my team. Yeah, like, pass the buck. <laughs> you <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> that get paid so much money, yeah, but dude. don't know shit. Yeah, you're what the, the fuck are you guys doing? Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, man, that's, uh, damn, that's great. I'm going to watch that for sure. So Elon, uh, Apple car. Apple car. Kia. Kia. I'm going to buy one. it's not a Kia car. <laughs> You're going to buy, buy one? one? No, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe my kids will have nah, one. Nah, dude. I'm waiting for the Sony car. Okay, Sony car. I'm waiting for the Sony we'll car. We'll have a race. Apple car versus Sony yeah, car. There yeah, yeah. Five-year better buy on yes, the electric and, cars. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But anyway, moving on, I have some BMW updates. Okay. Um, Very, very short updates this week. But since I spun out on the track, I've had this clunking noise. Oh. And when, you, when, when, I, when I give you a ride in the car, we didn't hear any clunks. Nope. And I kept trying to convince myself that we heard clunks, that I heard clunks, <laughs> and that this was normal. Uh huh. And so I spent the better part of last week, like every day after work, like just checking it out. Uh, there is some axial play on the in the diff, but nothing more than you would expect, like on a normal like differential backlash. And BMW is known for it. When does it clunk? When I go from reverse to first or from first to reverse or going forward to, to reverse. Okay. So from forward to back or back to forward. Yeah. Okay, that's okay, when okay, I can okay. hear it the most at low speeds. Mm. Right. And there is, like I said, there is, even when I can move the tires uh, a little bit, just a little, like a millimeter or two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's probably that. Um, So like i would tell myself that after a few hours of checking and mm-hmm. then just be like okay i'm okay like that's it's fine it's normal mm-hmm. but then i would take the car out on a lap like you do and i would just hear it and it just doesn't sound like a normal clunk okay so i, I kept looking and i kept looking and day four hits and i'm uh i i decided to like retorque every bolt in the rear just mm-hmm. to make sure because of the poly bushings and some of them had uh, come a little loose. Not a lot, not significant. Uh, but the two differential bolts are blocked by the sway bar. Sure. So me being a lazy ass, I don't want to take the sway bar down and hang the exhaust down a little bit to check them. So I just kind of left them there. Um, every time I'm doing this, I'm checking, I'm moving things around. Finding no issues. I even took like my rubber mallet and I'm like banging on everything down there. Nothing. Uh, I'm pushing on the differential. Nothing. So I'm like, you know, everything's fine. Like I, this is just a BMW thing. Clunking happens. Whatever. I take the car out for a drive again the next day. Same fucking clunk. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, fuck, this sucks. So I put the car back on jack stands. I get back under the car. And uh, I couldn't reach or I couldn't put enough torque on one of the bolts for the sway bar because I decided to take it down um, while I was on my creeper. So I decided to get off the creeper. And when I get off the creeper, for some reason, I just decided to give the differential a push. I think because I was frustrated. And when I gave the differential a push off my back, it rocked 
Oh, shit. And I was like, what the fuck? So I gave it a push again. And I'm just like bench pressing my, my differential at this point. One of the differential bolts that I refused to check had come loose. Okay. And there was play in it. And when I knocked it up and down, it was the same clunk that I was hearing. So I had to take down the exhaust, take down the sway bar, screwed it in, tightened it down. I over torqued it a little bit just to make sure, uh, put a little blue Loctite on there. And now problem is gone. That's good. It is good, but I'm still a little concerned because these are, these bolts were, are aftermarket because they match up with the polyurethane bushings that I put on the differential and they're torqued to the normal specs, but on a spin out, should I really have a, a bolt come loose? And the one on the, the one on the right, uh, yeah, the one on the right is the one that came loose and the one on the left won't come loose because when I rubberized the, uh, the subframe, it got into that bolt hole. So when I screwed in that bolt, it was, I had to muscle it. Okay. So that one's not coming out, mm-hmm. but this other one, it went in really easy and I don't know. I just feel like it shouldn't come loose that easily. Okay. So basically now all that means is that after every fucking track day, I have to retorque my bolts, mm. which is kind of a pain in the ass. Yikes. Yeah. But, uh, but that's kind of that a week's of work that I wanted to get done turned into really just checking for this damn <laughs> clunk, man. So overall it's, it's getting to a point where I can run. Well, now I can run. I, well, you'll be able to run it on that. Um, uh, NASA. So I'm under a time crunch again. Mm-hmm. And I sort of s- kind of stupidly did this to myself. Um, that's this coming weekend, next weekend. That's next weekend. The NASA event. So this weekend I'm going to, I'm going to paint my bumper. I have all my paint and, and that's minimal, right? I could even run without a bumper, mm-hmm. but in sort of saving time, I decided to take off my rear spoiler and I broke it. <laughs> so really? yeah, I broke the, 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 I could mount it with tape, but that's I, but I broke the, the, uh, bolts. the bolts that hold it down. Like the, the, I guess the bolts that are in the actual spoiler snapped off. That sucks. So I can't put it back on. It's a smaller spoiler, so it's not really going to help a lot with downforce. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might help somewhat. Mm-hmm. And since I'm already having issues with rear grip, I get a little nervous of not having a spoiler. So I decided I'm going to try to mount the one that I have, the, the bigger spoiler, the LTW spoiler. So I, I went through the whole ordeal of, of doing that thing. Cause the holes, I was really hoping that the holes from the the old spoiler would, line would just up. line up. No, of course, fucking not. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Why would it work out that way? Yeah. So I drilled the four holes, and then it turns out that the two holes at the top have no access from inside the trunk because oh. there's more sheet metal on the yes. other side. Yeah. So I had to drill bigger holes on the inside. To get enough clearance to put a socket in there. Oh, okay. Yikes. I was using a uh, a step bit uh, drill, mm-hmm. and it just you went uh, for too far. Re- it got dull really fast. I even used oil. I was gonna say, and it just for some reason it just would not cut. And I was there for like I don't know thirty minutes, just annoying the shit out of my neighbors because I had to have the the garage door open because uh-huh. my car was really close. So. It's just like me and it's just nothing. So I, I was like, I'm just going to take the angle grinder 
and I, and I just cut it, cut that area out. So now I have the clearance, but I'm, I'm either going to have to run with an unpainted spoiler or hope that the paint that I ordered gets here in time. Oh, you even ordered your paint. I or yeah, I ordered Oh, for your color. So I ordered yeah, I ordered paint for my color for the car and I ordered it was my fault cuz I cheaped out. Yeah. So the recommendation it was 3 cans for the front bumper, 2 cans for the rear spoiler. And so I was like, I can do this with two cans. You know? <laughs> <laughs> of course. And the more I look on the internet, the more like the consensus is you need a minimum of three to get enough coverage so that the color matches. Mm. And so I have three cans now, which paints the front bumper, but I don't have the two cans to paint the rear spoiler. I see. So uh, it's not a big deal to run without the I don't care that the color doesn't match. But I care that it's going to ruin the uh, the primered finish. So if I take it to a track day and I take it off, I'm going to have to resand, oh, reprep, yeah, do the work again because it came like smooth, right? Mm -hmm. It's I have to do no prep to it, just paint it. Okay. But if I take it to a track track day, no doubt it will get uh, like chips and and uh, scratches and all okay. that. So I'm just like, man. So I could run without it. But running without a spoiler and a front splitter, I'm, that's not a good idea. Really? Because, I mean, I have I have an issue with rear grip. Oh, okay. Right? It could be the tires, right? Mm -hmm. I'm making a lot of assumptions that maybe the tires wasn't completely the answer. Um, but if I'm, if I'm doing things to the car to lose rear grip, I'm putting myself in a more compromising situation. So I'm trying not to do that. So now I'm in this time crunch dance again. Now nowhere near as serious as before, but I'm I'm debating what to do. Okay. It could be that the paint gets here in time. It could be that it doesn't. But at this point, like you said, it's next weekend. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes and how I get there. Uh, you know, maybe I do end up finishing the bumper with two cans. If that if that's the case, then I'll have enough to at least start the splitter. Maybe do because it's a two piece, three piece. Okay. So maybe I'll do the top piece, and then way I only have to sand and prep the bottom piece when I get back from the track day. But we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see where where that goes. Very cool. But anyway, are you ready, Randy? Are you ready to be challenged? Sure. Challenged <laughs> on guessing if it's a four six. Or eight-cylinder car. Yes. And in this case, it's the same engine, but I have a bunch of sounds to just keep playing. Okay. While you decide if if it's a four, six, or eight. Now, okay. Um, I haven't listened to the first part. Here, we're listening to some of the audio now. I'm going to let you focus a little bit here. I'm using my shitty headphones today of all days, too. So here we go. This is a compilation of dinos, hill climb. There's an interesting whine. Yeah. But it's all basically the same engine. <laughs> it sounds like your car coming up the <laughs> coming up the hill. 
Yeah, could be an eight. Minus the minus the squ the squeal. That throws me off. <laughs> that that's diff the same engine. It's the same engine. Yes, same engine. So this, the, I made the challenge a little harder in that these cars have different exhaust, different, a okay. little bit variance on that side, but it's okay. the same engine. Four, six, or eight cylinder. Four, six. Or it's eight. not an eight, in my opinion. Okay. I don't, I don't get a sense of like, um, eight cylinder rumble. Okay. In the uh, in the V formation. And you're sure that's not the shitty headphones? <laughs> <laughs> it may be, but it's I, I. Although I got, I don't think I've won one of these. Oh, I, I won like the first one. Ah. Uh, four six eight. We I, I, we should probably start tracking that. I'm going four cylinder. Fuck it. You're going four cylinder. I'm going four cylinder. Final is answer. That, is that your final answer, Randy? Yes, yes, it is. Really? Yes. Why do you say four cylinder? Um, it doesn't have the 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 throatiness of the eight, so that kind of is almost easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know inline sixes very well, sound wise. Or, you know, I, I I can't even say I know. Car engine sounds very well, almost, other than what I hear in motorsports, really, on TV. Right. Not in real life, is what I mean. Yeah. So the way this sounds, it sounds rally-ish again, which yeah. is the last time I got it right. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, well, those are almost all fours since the 90s. So that's why I land on four. Okay. And I think you even did an S two thousand at one point, right? For I, what did, it, I did. I did do an. I one. did do an S two thousand at one yeah. point. Yes. I'm searching here, see if we had any record of of you getting oh, right or wrong now. Oh. Uh, but I I'm I'm gonna. So. I guess we'll reset the clock. For, I think we lost that card. You got it right, I Randy. Did, I so did. I kept the theme going with Subaru. So this is a Subaru a, four cylinder really? boxer engine. Yeah, and that's uh. That, I think that's what threw you off a little bit because they do have a little bit of a different, unique sound. Yeah, because of the rumble. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when I was listening to the audio, the the rumble was very subtle. Yes. It wasn't as obvious as it usually it's is. It's not the vape rumble. Yeah, the vape <laughs> rumble. Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Okay. No vape, no vape rumble this, very uh, good. this time. Wow. So congratulations, Randy, on uh, on winning your your first. I guess since we didn't, <laughs> we didn't track any of the yes. other ones. Right on. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to our next topic. And this is uh, story time with John. All right. The E36 318i mm -hmm. curb stomp. Okay. And this is a short story. So, um, you know, as you do when you're young and, and you have a a, uh, a newer car, I hadn't, I hadn't had this car for that long. I had just fixed the uh, O2 sensors issues of when I bought it. Okay. Because I bought it with a check engine light. Um, and there was a, this specific turn near my uh, house in in my neighborhood that has a generous amount of space so i would whip the a 389 which is a four cylinder i would whip the rear out on this turn and sort of not drift it the whole way but i would drift a little bit and then take off right it was okay. just fun childhood things to do um and i was uh i was giving my friend a ride one day i think we were just hanging out and I decided I was going to do a little bit of showing off, you know, uh -huh. I'm going to flex my, uh, my 36, 318 I. 
So I go to do the same turn and I don't have the experience of the extra weight in the car. Oh, shit. And that car is very underpowered. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like 130 horsepower, right? And it's a heavy, pretty heavier, a heavier car. So I go do the same thing that I always do with the handbrake and it just understeers the shit out of me. Okay. And my passenger corner goes straight into a curb. And front or rear? The front. Rear. The okay, front. Okay. The front. And the the wheel gets smashed into the uh, the body of the car. Uh-huh. I mean, the control arms are bent to crap, yep. dude. And so my homie's just laughing. And I'm <laughs> what an asshole. I, yeah, he's just laughing, and I'm just like in a state of shock. Like, what the hell's going on? And all of a sudden, one by one, you start seeing all the neighbors' doors opening, dude. They're all, and you're just like, ah, crap. And my wheel is smashed into the into the car, so I can't like make an escape. You know what I mean? <laughs> what time of day is this? This is, dude. This is like two p.m. Oh shit! Yeah, this really? is yeah, middle of the day on the weekend. Uh huh. So everybody's like slowly opening the doors. All of a sudden I look to my left and one of the guys like swings his door open and comes out darting at me. Like he's the police. Uh Don't you dare leave. Don't you dare get out of here. You're always coming here doing this. (laughs) You you should not be here. You shouldn't have been doing that. I'm gonna call the police right now. You better not leave. And he's, I, I guess at the time, nobody has cell phones still. And so he's got to go back into the house. <laughs> and right. So he's like, so he's uh-huh. like, like the whole, he's doing this whole dance of pointing at me and yelling at me and me being this like shy kid yeah. and like wanting to go in, but he's afraid that I'm going to ditch. Okay. If, if he well, goes in, but your car is still there. So you couldn't do, they know who well, I, I don't think he knew that oh, the car was damaged okay. to the point where I couldn't drive it. Oh, okay. Right? I see. And, but dude, see. I'm like, uh, the, he is escalating the situation beyond what it needs to be. Right. right. Nobody got hurt. No cars got damaged. It was, you know, just a curb. Yeah. I should have been, you know, hooning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing clearly. Yes. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I've already punished myself, bro. Like, yeah. So he's yelling at me and I'm I'm actually, you know, I think I'm being a good kid, right? You got kind of brought up to respect the situation when you're the one that fucks up. Yes. So I'm not like in the guy's face or yelling at him. I'm actually trying to de-escalate thing and I'm just uh-huh. like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, like I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't call the police. <laughs> don't call my mom and Don't daddy. call my mom. I just got this car. They're going to kick my ass, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? And like yeah. my homie's like, she's mum, dude. Like not mm-hmm. saying a single word because he's he's saving himself, you know. Okay. So I'm like, come on, like don't call the cops. No, I'm calling the police. And he's like yelling at people in his house. Get me the phone. Get me the phone. Get me the phone now. And I'm just like, what the hell? No one's coming out to help him, right? At this point, I'm so freaked out. Like, I'm, I don't want the cops to come. I have no idea what's even going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing happened, right? They wouldn't do shit to me. Now, looking back, like, they'd just be like, oh, you fucked up your car. So, okay, whatever. But he decides to dart back into the house. At this point, I'm like, I have no choice. So I turn on the car, dude. I put the car in first gear. And I kid you not, I pinned 
the, I, I let the clutch out. Like I almost kicked it out. I pinned the gas uh-huh. and the car is just, uh-huh. and I'm moving like three miles an hour. Bro. Okay. Three miles an hour. And I'm like, I got to get away from this corner. That's it. <laughs> I got to get away from this corner. Uh-huh. And I'm slowly creeping because the tire's barely wanting to move. Okay. It just does not want to move. I made it. I made it about a hundred yards like that. I got away before the the guy came out. I actually parked, I had to park the car against traffic, still on the curb, uh-huh. but against traffic, not in a major street, but a street that has Busy. some traffic, right? And so it's, I'm, I'm obviously there's something wrong. And since I'm parked against traffic, the it's, first thing you see is the damage, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so like I'm like okay, we're only a hundred yards away, but at least we're away. And I'm so I'm like telling my home, I'm like okay, we, we gotta call AAA, we gotta figure this out, we gotta get out of here. So I had trip, he had AAA, so we called AAA to tow us out. AAA takes hours, of course, right? Of so course. while we're chilling by this car, the same cop passed by three times. So they circled the first time, and I'm like, all right, that's it, here we go. Like uh-huh. they, they they called, they found out, now they found us, nothing. They passed by the second time. At this time, I'm like, okay, they're, they're looking for me. Uh-huh. They see the damaged car. Paranoid. Yes, yeah, like yes, it has to be me, right? So, so then nothing. The third time they pass around, this time they actually lower their window down. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm, I start putting my hands behind my back already. And does he say, we only let fast cars drive up? <laughs> <laughs> that was much later in my okay. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so he lowers the window He and he goes, you guys all right? And I'm like, yeah, you just, you know, the car is a little messed up. So we're, wait- we're waiting to get towed. He's like, okay, we'll be safe. And then he takes off. Nice. So I don't know if the guy ended up not calling the police because we left. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if the cops just decided, look at these dumbasses. Like they just messed up their car. What else can we do to them? And right. just let me go. Uh, but we ended up, you know, getting away with that situation. Wow. Um, and my sister listens to the podcast. So just, you know, mom's the word, sis. <laughs> Don't so, tell mommy, daddy. <laughs> so they, they never, they never knew the real story. Obviously they, oh. they, they, knew, they knew I messed up the car. To this day, they didn't to know. To this day, they don't know. I'd probably tell my dad. I would not want him to find out from anyone else but me. Okay. And, and, I, and I will tell them this story. Uh-huh. But they, uh, it was just, I went into a curb. That's it. Mm. Right? It wasn't that I was, you know, acting a fool and I went into a curb. But my dad was like, as soon as he saw it, he was like, that's cool. It's your problem. Oh, shit. Yeah, really? Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's cool with me. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me none. Uh-huh. This is your problem. You figure it out. So he just left it at he that. He just left it at that. Like he he wasn't even mad. It was just kind of like now you get to learn your lessons. You're an adult. You know, <laughs> and he, you're 16 you said? Oh, or? no, no. I was already 18 at this okay, time. Yeah, okay. Was, mm, so not really an adult. No, maybe barely. 17, 18, 17 maybe. Okay. 17 to 18, but I was already working. Oh. You know, okay, I was already working. Okay, so okay. that kind of I don't know how it is for you, but at least for like, at least in in my family, once you're working, that's when you're an adult, you know, that's when you get the responsibility of you have to figure out your own shit. You have the money to do it. So figure out your own shit. That's not how Filipinos roll. Uh, Okay. Yeah. We're coddled like babies. If Uh, the parents can have a means to, they will. Yeah. To do that. Damn coddled baby. I know we're, we're, (laughs) yeah, we're soft in that respect. Yeah. So all in all ended up being $600. 
which was not bad. It wasn't too bad thing. All things considered, it was a friend. It was the same guy that fixed my Honda okay. when I had that accident um, that fixed the E36. It was just tie rod control arms um and fixing the fender uh, and repaint reshooting that fender that's not too bad and it was 600 bucks yeah it wasn't too bad you know it was still like at the time my life savings you know <laughs> what i mean like <laughs> yes you know but but it's you know it could have been much worse mm. you know but so i ended up it was like out for two weeks and i ended up getting the car back and it was like nope nothing ever that's had ever happened bad. yeah it, it ended up being fairly harmless situation when you're a teen you just don't know your shit. You don't know how to control it. You, no. just, you blow your load way too oh, early, right? Dude, yes. Yeah. But I mean, it was also the confidence. It's almost the same situation as now. The confidence of being able to do that for so long by myself. Yes. You know? Yes. And not accounting for different weights or different mm-hmm. distribution mm-hmm. of weight in a weak car. You're right. It sounds like two weeks ago. <laughs> it <huh>? does. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I never learned my lesson. Right. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's the story of the E36 318i. Okay. My that, first BMW. Lost at turn two again. Uh, yeah, lost at <laughs> turn That was turn one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that was turn one. Very nice. But, anyway, let's move into our last segment of the episode, which is the five-year better buy. So, in five years, Randy, which of these cars will be a better buy? The Toyota Supra, three-cylinder. Six, you mean? Oh, six cylinder. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Six cylinder. You were thinking the Yaris. Uh, I'll save yeah, you there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or the M2 competition. And the M2 competition is a little bit pricier, but it's generally in the same. In the same. I, I expect them to be in the same ballpark Price as wise. used cars. As used cars in five years. Okay. You know? But uh, which one of those uh, has the I guess bigger, or which one will be worth more in five years? Right? Has the bigger appeal? You know, I had thought about this since we had started the uh, conversation about it. Yeah. For me, I can't help but say that the M badge wins. Okay. Because there's something about fanboys and that M badge that says a lot. And not only that, the car is more versatile because it's got a backseat. Yeah, you're right. So it's a good... It would be a great replacement for my Prelude, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. it does all the same shit, but way better. So it has a bigger, it has a bigger market appeal, it, bigger demographic. Quite, quite, yes, quite obviously, and yeah. it's got a six-speed. Let alone, yeah, you're right. So as far, I don't know if a six-speed in the long term will have a value spike or a value like drop. Generally, it has a value spike. Uh well, I mean, no, knowing where the EV world is going, right? Oh, you're right. Knowing yeah. that gas, I mean, BP, British British Petroleum, they're like not doing any more gas searching or oil reserve searching anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, they cut like all their staff on that. It went from 700 to like five or 10 Damn. people. Yeah, they're not going down that path at all anymore, which is good for them. Yeah. But yeah, so gas is just not a thing that people are going to be looking for anymore, which is scary also as a as a car guy. Cause yeah. We might have to pay up the wazoo for gas. But nonetheless, to the earlier point, M2, it's you can get it in a manual, which is that's always checks the mark. 
That's yeah. the first thing we look for when we do car searches anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. make sure the manual yep. transmission is checked off. Yeah. So it filters out all the bullshit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I'll even that's the box I check before I even check salvage or clean title. <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So th- in my book, it's it's M2 all the way. Wow. I'm I'm surprised. You're surprised, surprised that you agree? That you, I'm surprised. No. I went I you sort of expect me to agree. Yes. But I wouldn't have expected you to agree to, oh, to, to that. Oh, right? you you expected well, you were gonna go M two is what you're saying. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think I think you made some very good points with the six cylinder, some very good points with the utility mm-hmm. of it, you know, having more utility than the Supra. Um as for the fanboy aspect, I mean the Supra has a big following. You yeah. know, like there is a fanboy. Um, it is a BMW. It is a BMW. You so know, we're like apples to apples. It's almost, almost apples to apples. It's the Z4 versus the M2. So I think because it's such a tight race, I I, I think you're right in in the in the fact that it has a six cylinder and I mean a, a six speed and the fact that it that has the extra utility. Um, it does. I feel like it does have a little more prestige to the mass mark in the mass market the m badge the, the m badge yes. versus the supra who has extreme prestige for the little enthusiast market yes yeah you yes. know like yeah, absolutely i think that's what it is so mm-hmm. so in in five years if you're looking for if you're looking for the car that's worth more almost just based on you know the principles of economics mm-hmm. the m2 is going to win out because you're going to have a bigger appeal of people yes absolutely yeah i mean you have the enthusiast who wants the six speeds and then you have the you know junior professional mm-hmm. that wants to get into something pretty cool that it's a, that they can take to the office you know the great thing about the m and i'll add to this from a dad a car guy dad perspective yeah is this can that car can grow with your family so you don't gotta give it up with the first baby right you're right because like a two-seater car like this s2000 i know somebody that gave up their s2000 um our photographer friend yeah right away with just once he found out he had his first child coming and you kind of have to which it, makes sense it's funny to say that because you don't have to well, but, well, but, yes, but, right. but let me elaborate on that sure. i was recently talking to somebody uh-huh and i mentioned that same concept to that i think we were talking about i don't know what roadster we were talking about but mm-hmm. uh we were talking about two-seater cars and i was like well you know at least you don't have to give it up it's the same thing you said. You don't have to give it up once you have your first child. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like I was like I was talking crazy. Yeah. Um, and they're they're an affluent person. OK, Let's put it that way. OK. And so I think if you're listening to this and you don't understand what we're saying right now. Yeah. It's probably because you're very well off and good for you. We're not hating, you know, good mm-hmm. for you. But I think for most of the population, this is true. Yes. You know, when you have your first child, it's not. You know, most people aren't going to have three or four cars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one car, two cars, maybe. And you're going to need them both to be able to haul kids because you have to share the responsibility with a significant other. Right? To, be, to be honest, n- looking back on it, you only need one car with a backseat. You can live with a Roadster and uh the the wifey if it's the wifey that doesn't drive the roadster right as long as there's a back seat but there's also other conditions because that's true household you're the one that's 
having working. to go to work. Right. Right. And, yes. and so if there's only one person that has to go to work, I think that works. Yes. But if there's two people that have to go to work. Yes. There needs to be either a swap of cars. That's or, what it is. I was going to yeah. say that it, you have to assume you can only keep the roadster if the um, your significant other can drive can it. drive it. Yeah. So if they don't drive and it's a manual. Yeah. And if they don't drive manual, then you are pretty much hosed. Do, does your wifey drive manual? I've taught her like three times and she just never wanted to take it on. OK. Yeah. I mean, it's you have to kind of practice it. If you don't yes. own the car. Yes. Exactly. There's like kind of no reason. To do and it. we've had it. I've always had manual and she still doesn't have any interest in driving it. OK. So, um. But yeah, even then, though, to be quite honest, you could probably survive as long as you have one car that has a backseat. But that's I mean, that, it, that's a statement because like, you could probably survive. Most that, likely that sounds miserable. Well, what I mean by that is, is only one of you really has to take the kid to the babysitter if you're both working. Right. So by default. If you have the manual roadster, <laughs> you don't have to do that. You'll find so there. <laughs> you'll find a babysitter closer to the, the the significant other's work, right? Or the person that drives the four door sedan. So what Randy's with the saying, seat. if you want to pawn off some of the responsibilities, dude, that's the way to do it. Yeah, get a roadster, <laughs> man, and you don't have to sell it. Let yeah. the baby come, live it for a little bit, and see what your situation is before getting rid of your baby. Your but car baby. But you're also coming from a place where you can afford that situation also, right? Because for a lot of people also, you know, when the baby comes, it's like, okay, I need to divert funds. Well, that's also true. Yeah. So if it's not a shit box <laughs> yeah. that, you know, it's actually worth something decent. Yeah. If it's a $3,000 Miata, uh, then no. yeah, you're probably going to keep, keep it. Keep the damn Miata, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, not Yeah, but if it's, yeah, if it's a Z4, brand new Z4, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was a big tangent. That and, was. and so the, the consensus is the M2C, M2 competition, yes. will be worth more in five years. I think so. But I don't think that's saying too much. I think in five years, the depreciation for both cars is probably not going to cross, you know, five to ten grand. So you think you, can, you won't be able to get a, a used six-cylinder Supra in the 30s? With low no, mileage, no, no, really? not with low mileage. I mean, you're. I think you're talking like a hundred thousand in five years. You're talking a hundred thousand miles to get a to get uh, in the in the thirties or twenties. Let's say in the thirties. I'm not gonna say low thirties. I'm saying in the thirties. In the thirties, you're talking about fifty thousand dollar car. Fifty thousand dollar car. What was a fifty thousand dollar car five years ago? That like an M3 from five years ago. So it's twenty twenty. 2015 a 2015 so that'd be an f80 m3 yes uh 45 oh it's in the 40s yeah 45 to 55 oh i was i was and then we're talking base low 40s yeah low 40s yeah no competition and we're and you know that decent mileage 70 to 80k miles or less right yeah 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 not exactly. in the 100k mile range yeah, yeah not in the 100k mile weight range that, that's uh, a different national yeah line. and you're completely it's, stock yes that's 40s huh because uh, that was a high, 60 yeah high 40s because that's a sixty thousand dollar car right that's more than that yeah oh, okay yeah, so it's 60 like to 80 60 to or 80. 70 to 80 okay yeah 70 okay. to 80 huh so, okay so but i mean the that it's hard because the that that price range depreciates faster 
Yes. Right? Yeah, the luxury but the, there car There is range. a floor to most of these cars on the used car market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, even a even a uh, uh, an E92 or E90 or E90X, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, M3 at this point, if you're talking about 70,000, 80,000 miles, you're paying 30K. Oh, really? Yeah, you're paying 30K. 70, 80K miles for your car. Yeah, yeah. Is in the 30K range. You're still paying 30K. So it's it's mileage-based more than year-based. I mean, mileage plays a factor for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's more of a factor for the enthusiast car is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but also five years, it just isn't a long time. No, you know, not at all. It isn't a long time. I mean, there's it's kind of why we chose it. There's small margins to play with, so it yes. lends itself to a longer conversation. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> but... It, uh, it, yeah, it's just, it, it won't be a big difference. Mm. Uh, but the M2 also specifically the M2 has a huge following. Uh, I think almost, almost as big, if not bigger than the Supra does. Really? Yeah. Like Supra has a lot of, you know, marketing behind it and a lot of passionate super fans, like mm-hmm. the Fast and Furious boys and all that stuff. But yeah. the M2 also has a big following, especially within the, you know, german car crowd okay um so people like it for its small it's small it's agile but it's, it's still it still has utility has a lot of power it's a good value oh very good value i look at them yeah very good value i i doubt i almost uh, test drove one remember? yeah we, yeah we talked a month about, ago yeah, we've always talked about the m2 yes. and you've always talked about oh that'd be a car that you you would be okay getting into mm-hmm, for sure yeah you should have done that test drive i know yeah that would have been fun i was lazy yeah <laughs> i was so lazy too lazy to go drive an m2c yeah that's crazy because uh, yeah yeah, I got lazy. Yeah, because they were going to let you have it for 24 hours. Yes, they were. Damn, that's wild. It's crazy. Anyway, oh, well. with that, that is our episode. And how would you like to find us, John? You can find us at 91octane.com. That is all letters, no numbers. Also, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at 91octane. Uh, and if you want to send us any questions, concerns, bitch at Randy, uh, info at 91octane.com. Randy, any last words? Shout out to Apple. I'm buying your car, bitch. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sony, get on it. It's like, get mine. <laughs> All right, bye. Good night.